Hebrews, the 13th chapter, amen. I'll give you some time to find that, amen. Hebrews, the 13th chapter, the 10th through the 16th verse. Amen. Yeah, didn't our praise team do an amazing job on this morning? She has at, Pastor LaShawn said that that's one of her favorite songs for you to sing, but she got that from me. That's one of my favorite songs for you to sing. Amen. Uh, if, if I had to sit up and hear people sing, I, and I've, I've nitpicked people in, in the songs that they're sing, that they would sing, and if I had to put those people together to sing for me, and I would have key, she would be among those people, and she would sing that song. Amen. Such a beautiful ministering, ministering song. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 13, chapter, the 10th through the 16th verses. Everyone have it. If you got it, say amen. amen. From that chorus, it seems like we're in uniformity on this morning. Amen. And we'll begin reading. We have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest, for sin are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore, let us go forth to him outside the camp, hearing his approach, bearing his reproach, I'm sorry. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And as I said, we'll put special emphasis on 15, which says, therefore, by him, let us continually, come on, say continually. What does continually mean? All the time. Continually, all the time. Amen. God is good when? And all the time? That's a continual praise right there. The sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But read 16 again. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Amen. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and the doers of his most holy word. Amen. And for the time that I have before you on this morning, I want to come from the subject of you got something on you. You got something on you. Amen. I, that didn't resonate with somebody. Amen. I thought that that should have hit somebody's spirit on this morning. You got something on you. I need you to look at your neighbor. Maybe your neighbor will give you what you need on this morning. Amen. Say, neighbor, you got something on you. Did you, like what you, did you like the response from that neighbor? If not, turn to your other neighbor. Whoever got another neighbor. <laughs> Say, neighbor, you got something on you. Hallelujah, amen. Can we just give a round of worship and praise for that right now? The fact that you got something on you. And I'm just here to let you know on this morning, not only do you have something on you, but most importantly, you got something in you. And because of you having something on you and something in you, 
I come also to let you know that you got something working for you. Amen? Amen. And it's time for what's in you to be what's on you so that what's in you and on you can start working for you. Amen? Now, in 16, it says that we are to forget not to do good. Amen? And I come to tell you that it's time. Somebody say it's time. It's due time, amen. Somebody say it's the season. It's due season, amen. What does that mean? The word tells us, and let us not grow weary, weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I came to tell you on, tonight, on today that for somebody this season you're due a breakthrough. For somebody this is breakthrough season, Amen. God is going to give you the answers to the problem that have persisted to plague you. Amen. You are due a breakout. Somebody say, this is breakout season. It's time for you to stop being the co-star in other people's lives. Amen. It's Oscar season for somebody. Amen. And you have been nominated for the best leading man, the best leading woman. Amen. You, you, this is breakup season. Amen. Somebody say breakup season. Amen. God is going to break up some things in your life, amen, some things that have been stopping your path, that have been stopping you getting from where you need to get to, amen, and people in your life that have been holding you back. This is breakup season, amen. Not only is it breakup season, but it's also breakdown season, amen. Somebody say breakdown season. God's going to give you the ways and the means, amen, to in this season do what you have been anointed to do and authorized to do, amen. Somebody said, you got something on you. You got something on you, amen. I need somebody to get excited about that because since you got something on you, you've been hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Because you got something on you, you've been perplexed, but not in despair, amen. Because you got something on you, you've been persecuted, but not forsaken, amen. Because you got something on you, you've been struck down but not destroyed. I need you to understand that no weapon formed against you shall prosper because why? You got something on you, amen? It's not that the enemy didn't try to kill you. You just refused to die. I just can't die like this. I, I just can't leave like this, amen? I got something on me, amen? It's not that he tried to knock you down, amen? You just refused to fall. I wasn't falling for the okie doke, amen? I wasn't falling for this, or I wasn't falling for that. It's not that you didn't, he didn't try to turn you around, but you just kept it moving. I saw what was happening, but I'm going to keep it moving. I saw what you tried to do, but I'm going to keep it moving. I heard what you said, but you know what? I'm going to keep it moving because I got something on me that's, that's, that's on me, amen? And I know that you tried to make me quit. But you didn't give up because you got something on you, amen. Uh, he tried to make you say uncle. But you shouted, Father, I lift my hands to thee. No other help I know. Lord, if you leave me, where shall I go, amen? I, you got something on you, amen. Somebody say, you got something on you. You got something on you. You got something on you. Not only do you have something on you because you got something on you, you got something on the line, amen? You got something at stake, amen? And so you can't give up now. You can't quit now. You can't turn around now, amen? You can't fall out and cry right now. You got work to do, amen? We're coming from the book of Hebrews on this morning, amen? And 
The book of Hebrews is, is, is very, very, it's a very good book, amen. I, I suggest you take it home and you break it down and you read it for yourself. And the book of Hebrews is unknown. The author is unknown, amen. And, and what I need you to understand, it's not as important as who wrote the book as what he said in the book, amen. And so the book of Hebrews, it was directed at the believers at that time. They were looking for a way to continue as Christians at a time that they were being persecuted, amen, and they were being persecuted by those, that, those Jews that were non-believers, amen. And I believe that same spirit is still at work on today, amen. We want to be Christians, amen. We want to do the right thing, amen, but we feel persecuted by those that are around us who are asking why you're doing this and why you're saying this and, and, and the life that you're leaving, leading, amen. And so a lot of times we feel the pressure of those who are not saved who we have around us, amen, and so sometimes we want to compromise, amen. We want to say we want to be christian light, amen. We, we want to have the, the look of a Christian, amen, but we want to be able to fit in with other folks, amen. It's like that parent, amen, who uh, 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 they allow the, the friends, uh, the, the sons and the daughter's friends to come over and drink and hang out and all that type of stuff. They want to be the cool parent, amen. And sometimes we fall victim of trying to be the cool Christian. Amen. And so what was happening was because of this, they started to question some things. Amen. Like, why am I even doing this? Why am I following Jesus? Amen. They they were tempted to turn around. And for some of us, we're tempted to turn around. Amen. We're tempted to turn to drugs, turn back to drugs. We're tempted to turn back to alcohol. We're tempted to turn back to doing this and doing that with them and they. Amen. And so they were in this position. They were contemplating turning around, amen? And, and, and what I love about the author of Hebrews is he began to lay out the case for Jesus because they were trying to turn back to a life of, 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 of ceremonial and, and, and temple worship, amen, and the things with the, the priest and the sacrifice and all that type stuff, amen? All the things that Jesus had freed them from, they were tempted to turn around because of the pressure that was around them, amen? And sometimes we need to understand that the pressures around us, the temptation is around us. Because in your mind, you want to do the right thing. But when you surround yourself with the wrong people, they have an influence on your life, amen? And sometimes we have to be honest, amen? Some of us aren't the strongest. At times, amen? Sometimes we get weak sometimes, amen? And that's why you need to have the right people around you in the wrong time. Not the wrong people, amen? But the right people at the wrong time. What's the wrong time? The time when you're weak. When other time you, 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 you want to give up, amen? So it's important that we have the right people and the right things around us at the wrong time, Amen? And so they were missing their old way of life before their conversion, amen? And what the author was trying to let them know is that Jesus is far superior than anything in life. He's far superior than the angels. He's greater than the angels. He's far superior than the Mosaic law, amen? He's far superior than any sacrifice that they can offer up. Jesus is just better, amen? And for you on today, I'd just like to let you know that Jesus is better than anything in your life. He's better than him. He's better than her. 
He's better than money. He's better than fame. Jesus is better. He's greater than anything in our lives. Amen? Amen. And so we might be asking ourselves, why am I still faithful? Why do I keep showing up? Simple answer is because Jesus is faithful. Because Jesus keeps showing up. Amen? And so in all of this, as we began to read and, and, and he started to outline in, early in Hebrews things that we could do to make our walk more successful. Amen. He starts talking about brotherly love. Amen. He starts talking about not forgetting those that are in jail and to act as though we're connected to them because we are connected to them. Amen. Those that are going through something, we're connected because we're the body of Christ. The hand doesn't go through it by itself. The whole body goes through it. Amen. The hand don't just don't go to the club. <laughs> Your hand just don't go to the club. Am I right? Your mouth just don't drink the alcohol and feel the effects of the alcohol, amen? Amen? Your body does certain parts of your body don't feel just the pleasure. Your whole body feels the pleasure, amen? I'm, I mean, we have to be honest, amen? And so he goes on to talk about these things, about uh, how the bed is, is honorable, amen, and, and marriage is an honorable thing, amen, and we're not to undefile uh, the bed, amen. He goes on to say that our conduct should be without covetedness, covetedness, amen. And what covetedness, covetedness is, excuse me, covetedness is the fact that I don't just like what you got, I want what you got. I just don't like your husband. Or the fact of the man that your husband is, I want that. I want your husband. I want your wife. I want your job. I want your car. Amen. That's what that is. Amen. It goes a little bit more than just jealousy and all that. Amen. It plays into that. Amen. And so he goes on and on and on. He talks about how we are to honor those that go before us, the leaders that, that went before us. Amen. And not just in what they said, but in what they did. Amen. And that's what we need to understand. We're not to be more, we're concerned about what you say, but I'm more concerned about the results of what you do. And so he so goes on and on and on, and he talks about the altar, amen, and what he's doing is saying that that old way of thinking is in the past. Right. There's a new way to think. There's a new way to live, amen? And Jesus paid it all, amen? And so he goes on and on and on, and he starts to begin and evokes the, 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 the picture of a priest, amen, a priestly, of being a priest. And first uh, Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're a peculiar people. You, you're God's special people, amen. And so we all are priests somewhat, amen. I need to understand that, that we're all somewhat, we're priests, Amen. And so in the author outlining all this stuff, I'm reminded of Joshua, and he said, and it, if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will, share, whom you will serve, whether gods of your fathers which God, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
And so when you begin to look at that thing, for me what he's saying is, you can serve that thing that kept you in bondage. Because on the other side of the flood was bondage, amen? You can serve the land, you can serve the God of the land of the Amorites and whose land you're in right now. And the Amorites fought them all the time. And so you can serve that thing that's fighting against you and your calling. But what's on my life, as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so we are a royal priesthood, amen, we're God's special people. And when you start looking at what the priesthood was all about, the duties of the priest was to offer up acceptable sacrifice to God. That was the first thing. And one of the other chief things was they were to ensure that the Lord was worshipped in the proper manner. And so the thing about the sacrifice system that was in play was that there was a problem that occurred with it. And it's a problem that even happens with Christians on today. The problem is that man began to abuse the sacrificial system. What do you mean by that? It had an inverse effect on man. What it mean was that man got more used to offering sacrifices than he got used to not doing sin. And so what I mean is that when you have grace in your life, we take advantage of grace in our life, and so we don't, we're not cognizant of our behavior all the time. We know we shouldn't do it. We know we shouldn't say it. But there's this thing called grace, amen, that covers our life. And we think that it's just a get-out-of-jail-free card, amen. But I come to tell you that in Isaiah 1 and 11, God said, he asked, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of the fed beast. And I delight not in the blood of bullocks, or of lambs, or of the he-goat. At what point are you going to realize that God getting fed up? <laughs> Look, your wife will only take so many flowers. <laughs> amen? You're going to take so many I'm sorry's before you get fed up, amen? And so there was no, nothing in place to stop them from doing it because they felt as though all I do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. You take a bull, take a goat, or whatever, and I'm good. Amen. I continue going on about my life. I continue living how I want to live because all I got to do is offer up sacrifice. Amen. And so for us to get a better perspective of the, of, uh, uh, of the priesthood, we have to go back to Aaron, who was the first priest. Amen. The first high priest. And in the book of Numbers, the 16th chapter, it says that all of the congregation of the children of Israel, they had complained against Moses and Aaron saying, you have killed the people of the Lord. The Bible says that when the people had gathered against Moses and Aaron, that they turned toward the tabernacle of meeting. And when they turned and looked at the tabernacle of meeting, a great cloud covered it, amen, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And the Lord instructed Moses and Aaron to get away from the congregation, get away from them folks. Why? So he could consume them in a moment. They fell, and, and Moses and Aaron, they fell on their faces, and Moses, he told Aaron, he said, look, you take a censer and you put some fire in it, you go to the congregation, you take all, uh, some incense, and you stand in between. You go and you make atonement for them. So Aaron runs, and he puts the incense on the fire, and he stands in between because the plague had already taken effect. He stood in between those that were living and those that were dead. Aaron stood in the gap. 
And what I'm saying is for some of us, there is something on your life that God is sending you to stand in the gap. There's something that has been plaguing people for years, killing people for years. God is putting you in place to cancel that thing out. God is sending you some places. You have an assignment to cancel some things that have been killing people. It's on your life, amen? And so things that plague people, and I need you to understand that, that you are the light of the world. Jesus said you are the light of the world, amen? A city on a hill cannot be hidden. So that means that since you're a light, God is putting you to where you, putting you where you need to be seen. You can't live your life under the, in, the, in the shadows, amen? God is asking you to live your life out in front of everybody, amen? He said men don't light a candle and put, a bush, put it up under a bushel. They put it on a candlestick and it gives light to all in the room. Because what's on your life, you are a light. And lights attract bugs. <laughs> so since you're a light, you're going to attract things that's going to bug you. Lights attract pests. You're going to attract some things that's going to pester you. Amen. But you got something on you, amen, that's going to cause you not to even worry with that stuff. Aaron was the first high priest. And so God instructed Moses to get Aaron and his son and, and anoint their head, amen, with oil, amen. So they were consecrated, amen. Moses poured anointing oil on the head of Aaron and on his sons. And I'm here to tell you that whatever was on the generation before Aaron was canceled out by what was on him at that time. I don't care what happened within Aaron's family before Aaron. I don't care what happened in your life before mama. I don't care what was, what, what was on mama. I don't care what was on daddy. I don't care what was on granddaddy, grandmama, big, big, uh, uh, big mama, uh, mother, papa. I don't care what was on their life because what God is putting on you is going to affect generations after you. What God is putting on you is going to cancel curses. What God has on you is going to kill spirits. Amen. There is something on your life that is strong, so strong and so powerful that it's going to break whatever the enemy holds on your life. Amen. There's something on you. Amen. And, and, and I need you to understand about that oil that, that was poured on them. And, and when we look at, at, at the history of that and, and, anointing oil and all those things. When shepherds were out in the, in, the, in, the, in the field, they would pour oil on the heads of sheep. Why, why you ask? Because if they would put the, the oil on their head, the bugs couldn't get into their ears. And if the bugs got into their ears, it got into their head. And if it got into their head, it killed them. The ears are a, 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 a intrigate, amen? And so the danger of you allowing conversation, the danger of you being in conversations, the danger of you allowing comments to get in your head, 
has the ability to kill what's on the inside of you. It has the ability to kill your spirit. It has the ability to kill your self-esteem. It has the ability to kill your self-worth. If you constantly hear someone tell you that you'll never be, and you allow that to get in your head, guess what? You'll never be. If you allow someone to constantly tell you you will never do, guess what? If you allow that to get in your head, you'll never do. Paul tells the, uh, uh, in, in, in Philippians 4 and 9, he tells them, he said, look, those things that you have learned and received, those things you've heard and you've seen, he says, do those things. Those things that you see me, do those, do those things, amen? And the God of peace shall be with you. Well, I'm saying that you don't even know it, but you're leading people in worship. Not up here singing, but out there, you're leading people in worship. See, we think worship is just in here, and we're singing, and we got our hands lifted up. Worship is the way you live your life. Worship is the conversation that you have. That's worship, amen. We, we think that, that Mealy and Robert and Key and, and T.T. and... and and the musicians, uh, Walt and, 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 and Malcolm, Tay, and the real wherever he at, there he is. We think that's worship, and that is a form of worship, a form of worship. But you in worship every day. You worship something, worshiping something every day, amen? The Bible tells us that we're to put on our, our, our armor, amen, and back in the day, Priest wore priestly garbs, amen, priestly robes. But since we're priests now, we put on armor. And the last thing that, and when you put on your armor, was the last thing you put on was a helmet. And for us, it's the helmet of salvation. And for us to stay saved, for us to be saved, we have to put on that helmet of salvation. We have to, we have to prevent things from infiltrating our minds. We have to stop things from getting in our head, amen? For some of us, the worst thing, and, and, and it's part, the renewal of our mind is important because memory could be a good thing or a bad thing. Because if you're not, your mind is not renewed, your memory goes back to a time that you didn't have God in your life. Your mind goes back to a time when God did not show up. You didn't even know God. But when you renew your mind, your memory goes back to the time when God pulled you out. Your mind goes back to a time when God covered you and protected you. So that's why renewing of your mind is important, amen? When you have a computer and you have a, 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 your computer has memory, amen, sometimes that computer gets infected. And sometimes you have to wipe that memory clean. Our renewing of our mind is wiping our, our memory clean. All the ideas all the comments, all the stuff that infiltrated our mind and started wrong thinking on the inside of us, that's what the renewing of your mind is. God wants to wipe your mind clean. Like I said, there are, the ears are, the, are intrigating to your mind, not only your mind, but your heart as well. And so we have to be mindful, we have to be protective of our gates, amen? We have to guard our gates because the word tells life and death are where? In the power of what? So there are comments, amen, 
their comments, their conversations, their things that are meant to derail you and destroy what's on you. Be mindful of those things. Amen. And so you offer up as a priest, we offer up worship. We offer up sacrifices. Amen. And so we don't offer up just any type of praise. Amen. Any type of worship. An acceptable one, right? So in Leviticus 2 and 13, it tells us, And every oblation of thy meat offering shall thou season with salt. Neither shalt thou suffer the salt of covenant of thy God to be lacking from thy meat offering. With all thine offerings thou shalt offer salt. Now I'm going to give you a spiritual context to that, and I'm going to give you one that's funny. God thought it was pretty hilarious. And all that is saying that you have to season it with salt. So for my mind, God must be a black man. <laughs> well, what is it saying? It's saying that what you offer to God cannot be bland. What you offer to God cannot be routine. What you offer to God cannot be the run of the meal. Amen. God wants your best. God wants something that he wants. Amen. You don't want to give God your best and he just looks at it and be like, you could have put some salt on that. Amen. It, 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 it was good, but it needed a little salt. Amen. <laughs> and that's what some of us are. Amen. We're not giving God our best. Amen. We're not seasoning it. Amen. That's why I don't have a problem with certain people where they worship and the way they do things, amen? Because it's seasoned with salt. It's seasoned with love, amen? And y'all, I'm, I'm pretty much about out of here, amen? I, we, ain't try to, we ain't trying to keep y'all long at all, amen? But there are three things that we need to understand in our offering and our sacrificing to God. The first thing it said was the continual, uh, uh, we ought to offer him praise, amen? Continually, the fruit of our lips, Amen? So what this is saying is that fruit is a result of something. Amen? It's a result of something. So if God has done anything in your life, if God has ever pulled you out of something, if God has ever did something to you, for you, those are seeds that are implanted in your heart. The memory of those things. And because of that, it should elicit, it should evoke some type of praise. If he ain't never did nothing for you, okay, you can be quiet. I get that. But if God has ever did anything from you, you ought to offer him the fruit of your lips. Amen? When I started looking at meat and, and, and the connotation for meat and the definition for meat, and they broke it down in ablation and all that, what it said was it was a bloodless, and a voluntary thing that was given. So it shouldn't kill you to give God some praise. <laughs> it shouldn't kill you. It shouldn't be pulling teeth to get you to praise God. As good as he's been to you, <laughs> the fact that he didn't kill you or that didn't kill you, you should be giving him some praise. You should be the first person to give him some praise. Before they even tune up the piano, before they even get microphones, 
You should have a worship in you. It should be full of praise in this place. Because I know what some of y'all been. I know what some of what he pulled some of y'all out of. Y'all told me. He didn't have to do it, but he did it. So why do we have to pry praise out of you? <laughs> when it should come through continually. It should always be on your lip. Before you start talking about somebody, <laughs> that praise ought to be on your lip. <laughs> Before you start to complain, it ought to be on your lips. Because it could have been, a, matter of fact, it should have been the other way. It should have been the other way. But God, you know what? Brand new mercies. Brand new mercies. Every day you wake up to brand new mercies. You don't wake up to yesterday's mercies. You wake up to brand new mercies. Every day. Every day. Every day. So your praise is a sacrifice. Amen. A praise is a sacrifice. Not only is your praise a sacrifice, and so what the what the, the priest would do was before they offered sacrifice for other folks, they had to offer sacrifice for themselves first. And so Romans 12 1 tells us to present your bodies as living sacrifices. Your life is your body of work. Every day. You have to present yourself to God as a living sacrifice because you're living. Amen. Your praise should be living. Amen. Everything about you. There's nothing dead in you. There should be nothing dead in you. Amen. So we ought to offer him praise. We ought to offer him our bodies. And the third sacrifice that we need to get, we have to give him. Is all of our possessions, our earthly and our material possessions for spiritual benefit in the advancement of the kingdom. That's a sacrifice. Your monies, amen. I'm not saying you got to give all your money. God, God don't want all your money. Amen. Matter of fact, because it's his anyway. Amen. <laughs> Ain't nothing in this world that you own except what God wants you to have. Amen. I don't care who you are, amen. If you got it, it's by benefit of God allowing you to have it, amen. It was his first, amen. He created everything, amen. So if he created everything, I mean, it's his, eh? And matter of fact, you can't do nothing without using his stuff anyway. Every invention was used by something God already put on earth. Ain't nothing new under the sun, amen. you just using God's stuff to advance your stuff, amen. So we got to give him a, 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 a praise for that, amen. But I'm reminded of the young ruler, amen, and, and how he said, you know, he, he went and was like, you know, what can I do? And they told him everything, you know, you, you know, do this, you do that. Well, I do this, I do that. You know, I do all that type of stuff. Well, sell all you have. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't walk away from his stuff, but he walked away from Jesus. We go through a lot of stuff, y'all. We endure a lot of stuff. We experience a lot of stuff. But we will walk away from Jesus before we walk away from problems sometimes. 
We're quicker to walk away from a situation from Jesus before we walk away from that situation. We'll walk away from that. We'll walk away from Jesus quicker than we walk away from that person that don't mean us no good. I'm asking you on today. They say uh, some of it's black angels and they having tap dancing. <laughs> I'm asking you on today to look back over your life and all those times, just like in Hebrews, when they were ready to walk away and to give up on everything because the, book, the author of Hebrews was letting them know that if you walk away from Jesus, that's the worst mistake, the worst decision that you could ever make in life. He got them to tally up as he began to list all these things. And he was telling them how not only uh, Jesus was greater than all of that, but serving Jesus gives you the added benefit. Since Jesus is great, the things that you get from Jesus will be great as well. And not only that, your inheritance will be great. And so you going back in your life. To serve something that's dead is not going to benefit you at all. It'll be a temporary thing. Jesus made one sacrifice for everybody, for everything that we will ever do in life. Going back to that other life means that you have to say, I'm sorry, and do sacrifices every time you do something. So whenever you think the wrong thing, you got to make a sacrifice. Whenever you say the wrong thing, you got to make a sacrifice. And y'all know us. Our mind run crazy a couple times a day. Just because you don't respond to somebody, you thinking the words. <laughs> there are certain people, and not in this church, y'all good. The only reason why you ain't did it, because you ain't had the opportunity or the chance to do it. <laughs> Something stood in the way. <laughs> you got a flat tire. Had to work late. It's not that you didn't want to do it. You just didn't have the opportunity to do it. Amen? <laughs> Let's be honest. So just because you didn't act on it don't mean that you're innocent. <laughs> Amen? So there's a way that Jesus introduced that was better for all of us. And I can say it's easier for all of us because it is far greater to please God than it is to please man. For God, because God is unchanging. You don't know what you're going to get from people from day to day. You don't know how you have to please people from day to day. But God's word is unchanging. He is unchanging. And if we follow what he said, even 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, that word is still the same today. So as priests, 
We have to offer up sacrifices every day. We have to give to God every day, even when we don't want to. We got to give ourselves of ourselves. We got to give up worship. And we got to give up our stuff, amen, because it's either we got stuff or our stuff got us. And for a lot of stuff, a lot of us, our stuff got us. I don't want that type of life. If I can't pay for it and they got to come get it, I don't want to have to uh, feel a certain way because people know my stuff got taken. I want to be, okay, well, I'm free of that thing, amen? Heartaches, disappointments, all that stuff. Just start looking at it a little different. Because I said that covenants that, that people want your stuff. Some people looking at that husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend don't know that they're joking crazy. They want you to come get them. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Free me. Amen. But y'all, life is so short. And there are so many things set up to cause you to fall because of what's on your life. Pastor Sean and I, and Pastor Sean says all the time that she's a pusher, amen. She likes to push people into promise and stuff like that. And we have to be because we see what's on your lives. And we can't allow you to settle for something lesser than what God has promised for you. I see books on your life, amen. I see uh, businesses on your life, amen. I see doctors and nurses and on your life, that, that type of spirit, that type of anointing on your life. If God, if it's on your life, amen, that means that it's possible for you to attain that thing because God has given you everything you need to get that. You just got to believe. You can tell somebody they're pretty all day long. But until they see themselves as pretty, until they receive them being pretty, they'll never see themselves as pretty. I could tell you smart all day long. But if you don't believe you smart, it don't even matter. Stop allowing things to get in your head that kill what God has birthed on the inside of you. Put on that helmet and tighten it up tight. We got places to go, and we got things to do. And God, and not only God expecting you to be great, but we're expecting you to be great as well. Not only God expecting you to overcome some stuff, but we're expecting you to overcome some stuff as well. Not only God expecting you to endure some stuff, but we're expecting you to endure some stuff as well because we see what's on you. You got promise on you. You got favor on you. And what I liked about, talk about that a candle uh, uh, is not meant for a bushel to be, for it to be put under a bushel. You're not meant to be under stress. You're not meant to be under depression. You're not meant to be under sickness. There's some stuff that you're under that you weren't designed to be under. Because what's on you, amen, 
that bushel will smother that light. And I pray that whatever is on you right now, that you have the strength enough to ask God to remove it because that's not supposed to be over you. Shame is not supposed to be over you. Guilt is not supposed to be over you. Failure is not supposed to be over you. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Stop settling for that what's not you. Stop selling, y'all. There's greatness on you. There's greatness on you. What's on you will change generations to come. Will change generations to come. God is calling a generation of people to shake the foundations of this world to turn things upside down. Are you part of that generation? A generation that will worship him, that will live for him, that will witness for him. Stop trying to make friends with the world, trying to uh, compromise your Christianity for life. I'd rather be loved by God than liked by folks. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you. I need somebody to just start declaring to themselves, it's on me. It's on me. There's something on me that just won't allow me to lay down and, and to die. There's something on me that just won't allow me second best. There's just something on me that just won't allow me to fail. There's just something on me that just won't turn. It's not. I'm just not gonna turn around. Hallelujah. I don't care how hard it gets. I don't care how difficult it gets. I don't care who leave. I don't care who say what. I'm moving forward. There's too much at stake. There's too much on the line. And God didn't give you that just so that you can come up short. There's too much on me. Look, sin makes us a victim, but the blood makes us victors. You got the blood on your life. You're no longer a victim. You're no longer a victim of that. You're no longer a victim of this. I'm victorious in Jesus' name. I have been raised with him, and I live for him. And he lives on the inside of me. 